the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Like a chrysalis, we're emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination, and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, Business and the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by SAGE, energizing the success of businesses and communities around the world through the imagination of our people and smart technology. I'm Ed Kless with my friend and co-host Ron Baker, and on today's show, Ron, finally, after 104 plus shows, we're going to trash the timesheet. Right on. All right, let's do it. Can, Can you believe that we have done all of these shows and we never did a show dedicated to one of like kind of your, one of your signature topics and presentations that you've done for what two, almost two decades. Yeah, I know. I know. And and the most controversial and the one that's, you know, puts all the arrows in my back and still does. And yep. I'm I'm not sure why we waited Ed, but (sighs) Uh, we probably, you know, we talk all around it. It's clear that we're against it. Right, so I think that that is is possibly why, but you know, it, it just we just missed it. It's just 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 a you know just a miss. So, yep. and and maybe we uh, uh, you know we know a good size of the audience maybe doesn't do them. So uh, who knows? But I'm glad we're doing well, it. <laughs> I am too. I mean, th- you know, this officially now uh, will will n- not allow T sheets to ever sponsor us. So I think that that. <laughs> It's part of the the issue. They're they're officially off the possible sponsor list. Yeah. Well, that's a big benefit then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No loss there. You're, de- All right, you're so, defined so by the sponsors you don't have. That's right. You're defined by the sponsors you don't have. Okay. So you've got a great line, and I don't know if it's your line originally, but you've got a, a line about where you think time sh- spent should matter. What it, what's that line? Go ahead. Well, you know, we talked about uh, last week, we talked about being a professional, right? It's taking responsibility for an outcome. And mm-hmm. so uh, this line kind of grew out of that thinking, which is the only place time should matter is in prison. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which is also, by the way, a good, it's, it, it's still – an, a measure of time as duration, not effort, right? Yes, that's right. It, yeah, you're counting down the days because of the duration, not, <laughs> not what you're doing when you're in there. <laughs> uh, which, which, quite frankly, would be if you and I were ever in a position where we had to fill out a timesheet, it would be prison. So, Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I think, Ed, just right off the top, nobody joined the profession. No one. No one. Lawyer, accountant, whatever to fill out a timesheet, to account for every six minutes of their day. And by the way, to have their value measured in six-minute increments, it's, it's dehumanizing and it's insulting. 
Yes, yes, and that, that you know that's that's some place perhaps we can go, or we can deal with it right now. You know, in in addition to billing by the hour being suboptimal as a pricing tool, I think that the timesheet is immoral and unethical, and the 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 immorality is exactly for what you just said, which is saying to people, you you are your time spent. Right. That 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 is your value. Your value is the, the the time and effort that you spend on something. And it is completely dehumanizing. And we'll we'll be sure to post, I think, the the perfect or almost perfect antidote to that thinking, which is the, the Jamie Johnson song, The Dollar. Oh, right, right. The one that brings tears to everybody's eyes when you play it. Yes, I actually I play it and I, 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 I every time that I've ever played that in front of a group of professionals, we have had to take a break because I, yeah. I, and th- and this is literally in the sense of literally, like this, not in this, <laughs> in the sense of sometimes. If I play that, there are people who who wind up in tears and have to leave. Yep. So. No, absolutely. And 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 I think it's unethical, and I don't want to spend too much time because I don't like to go down that road so much. But because there's so many other arguments against it, but. I think the unethical aspect of the billable hour is you wouldn't want it to be universal. Uh, you know, I don't want my plumber or anybody I hire billing me by the hour. I just don't want it. So why do we think we're exempt from the golden rule? But right. I think I think a more devastating argument, and this is what we talked about last week as well, is the timesheet and the billable hour atomize everything into a six-minute task. And yet mm-hmm. a professional needs to be focused on the outcome, the holistic and it, 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 it's the antithesis of that. And that's why I think it's unprofessional. So, yeah, but, but it's the category. You, you were talking about the categorical imperative, right? Is it, yes. should it could be universal? Would you but want you, it to be universal? Yep. That's right. Right. But I, I think the, the just one more thing on the unethical nature of it. And, you know, this is demonstrated, and I've written an article on this. We can post this as part of the, 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 the show notes. And I, and I call this the nuclear option when I do it. Or as George Bush would say, the nuclear. I can't even say it like he does. Nu- nu- yeah, nu- yeah. Nu- nuclear. <laughs> nuclear. That's what he Strategery. says. Nuclear. Strategery. Strategery yeah. <laughs> and, and nuclear. All right. Anyway, is is I so I asked people, how many of you have ever filled out a timesheet? And every hand goes up. In most cases, there are probably some audiences where there are a couple who have not for some reason. And then I say, okay, well, how many of you have ever not exactly told 100% truth on that timesheet? Right, and every hand stays up because everybody has has fudged the timesheet either by putting down too few hours because they didn't want to look like an idiot, right? Because it instead of it didn't take it, it took them six hours, but their boss would be like, "Well, you're a jerk if it took you six hours," so they put down four or whatever what was anticipated, or you know, and this is this is there's a little bit a little bit the other way is well, it only took me two hours, but gosh, they got so much value out of this. I'm charging them for, by God, because it really is worth much more, right? Having a longer and, lunch, yep. Yeah, right? And, you know, and here's, here's the thing. It's like, okay, full, so now, now this has led people who, in my view, are normally ethical in their practice to do now an unethical behavior, which is lie on the timesheet. And th- so now, now they're, they're, they're guilty of an ethics violation, Right, and and this is because nobody puts down on the timesheet what they what actually happened. They put down what they think what they think should have happened. Right, 
Yeah, no. Yeah. And, and, and we know eating time, just like you say, you know, and all of that. Those are fireable offenses in a big four or in a big firm. And yet everybody does it because it, everybody knows they're doing it. And, and, of course, we carry that air forward every year because when we go to budget for the, uh, <laughs> you know, this year's job, where do we look? Last year's hours. Right. Which are a pack of lies. I, I mean, that's the extent of our project management. Mm-hmm. So. Can we, yeah, can we admit it's not actual? Can we yeah. at least admit it's not actual anymore? Yeah. Right. You know, we were joking with Greg Kite once that if this is such a meaningful and important number, then shouldn't you measure it twice? Shouldn't no, exactly. you have a, a, cub, <laughs> a cubicle mate, you know, uh, do your timesheet, a second timesheet for you, kind of be like the auditor? So uh-huh. everybody's auditing everybody else's timesheet if it's that critical? No, yeah, it's like Bob Vila. Measure, measure twice, cut once. Cut once. So, yeah. <laughs> I gotta yeah, so. me- me- measure twice, c- bill once. I guess <laughs> I don't. <laughs> so Ed, there's say. four. There's four defenses of the timesheet. We need them because lay those out. Well, the the first one is that we need them because we have to we price buy them, and I don't think we should spend much time on that one because, quite frankly, we have dedicated shows to absolutely destroying oh. that. We, we've and, talked about the, the the diamond water myth. We've talked about the theory of value, first and second laws of marketing, all of that. Mm-hmm. We're way beyond that. <laughs> yeah, it's just well, we've completely destroyed that. But but I just I there's there's been a recent spate, and you and I we're witness to this recently where we, where there's where people are talking about oh, you know we we can we can we can do we, we can have you f- figure out what your prices should be without understanding value and yep. and I'm like okay look you, you clearly this this person just did not understand just some very basics of economics because they were trying to use the law of supply and demand as their rationale for pricing and saying, well, that had nothing to do with value. And like, well, listen, the guy, <laughs> if you, if you understand some basics of economics, you understand that without a theory of value, there cannot be supply and demand. It's a yeah. presupposition of supply <laughs> and demand. So anyway, but so, but I, but you're right. We have, de- we've destroyed, the, destroyed the notion that it's an effective pricing tool. It, 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 well, and, and this is what we always say. It's not that you can't make money building by the oper- hour. It is just completely suboptimal. Right. Completely not only for sub-optimal. the firm, but for the customer as well. You don't have as happy a customer. You're not giving them choices. You're treating everybody the same. All of those things that we've talked about with Bob Cross and Reed Holden. So, yes, I, yep. I think we can easily bypass that one. It's, it's the other three that I think we need to tackle here in, in the rest of the show, and that is – the cost accounting tool. That, right. That's a tough one, Ed, because you know timesheets are justified by accountants, and a lot of accountants uh, are former cost accountants or took cost accounting and had that mindset. Mm-hmm. And that's a real difficult one. And the one that you've added to this list, because I originally only had three defenses, was the project management. So I'm right. kind of looking for you to explain why timesheets are such lousy project managers Yep. And then, of yep. course, the last one that we always hear is how would I know what my, how efficient my team members were if I didn't have the timesheets? Right. As if timesheets measure the efficaciousness of a knowledge worker. 
Yeah, well, but they they do say efficiency, so at least they're 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 using somewhat the right term is that it is measuring efficiency. But it but it who cares because it's completely ineffective. They could be completely ineffective and be efficient at the same time, right? And that's the Peter Drucker line about there is there's nothing so so, so wasteful as doing that which is ineffective efficiently. <laughs> right. Well, absolutely. All right, so we're going to take those three on. Cost, cost accounting tool, we're going to destroy that. Then we got to destroy it as project management tool. And then we got to destroy it as a measure of efficiency of people. Yep, as specifically right. of knowledge workers, I think. But I think you could expand this out that it's not – the timesheet isn't predictive of any worker's success, right? Because you could look great on a timesheet, put in a lot of time, but everything you do is either substandard or, or waste or just not useful. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I absolutely agree. And this gets to, you know, the, the concept of even loading your dishwasher. You can load your dishwasher fast and efficient, but it could be ineffective because it might, it might be, you know, more difficult or you break dishes by loading it quickly. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. you know, just... <laughs> Yeah, right, or so or I, they don't come, or they don't get as clean for some. Or they don't get clean. They're not right. they're not organized right, or whatever. Right, even though that takes theoretically longer, and I think that's that that's really where we're coming from on this is that ultimately it's about is it is it the right thing? Is the result better? But wow, we're already through one segment on this, Ron, and we have we haven't gotten to the to the meat of what we're going to talk about. But I'm I'm looking forward to this. So we're, up next, we'll be talking about how the, the timesheet is not. A, an effective cost accounting tool at all. But right now, we want you to know that you can get a hold of us, Ron or myself, by sending an email to asktsoe, the soul of enterprise, at verisage.com. Our website is always up, thesoulofenterprise.com, and you can go there and see show notes as well as previews to upcoming shows. You can also take a look at all of the shows that we've done in the past in our show archive, which is now live. There's an archive tab at the top. Please also take time to visit our show sponsors, including this one, who is our going to we're going to hear a commercial from Leading Results. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You've experienced it. Marketing and selling has changed dramatically in the last few years. The search engine has completely altered the way customers buy. Your clients are now driving the process their way. At Leading Results, we know how to work with this. We don't just jump in and start doing. Together, we plan your marketing strategy. Install a website that gets results and create lead generation programs that drive sales. Visit leadingresults.com slash TSOE to find out more and to schedule a 30-minute conversation with us. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. We are trashing the timesheet here on The Soul of Enterprise, a long, a long overdue show. And Ron, I want to ask you about the, the second defense of timesheets, and that is that they are needed as a cost accounting tool. And I, I guess let's preface this with, aside from the fact that in the first segment, we already decided that they are a bunch of lies, and therefore <laughs> not accurate anyway, let's, let's, just grant, let's just grant the notion that, and, and this is true, that somebody actually did say this to me during a session when I, when I pointed out the fact that you know, people lie on their timesheet. <laughs> the guy says, but Ed, it's okay because, ready, Ron, the lies cancel each other out. That's <laughs> yep, <laughs> that I was, that. I that was <laughs> it's like, okay, good theory, dude. The <laughs> lies cancel each other out. All right. I wonder if we'd accept that from a hospital. That's all right. Yeah, the exactly. Cancel each other's out. <laughs> right. But let's but let's accept this gentleman's prefer, pre- premise that the lies do in fact perfectly cancel each other out, and therefore the the time information that has been recorded is one hundred percent accurate. Let's grant that. We'll say we will stipulate. Yes, yep. that's okay. We measure. We measure twice. We measure one. twice. Yep. We measure twice. We're going to bill once anyway. All right. So what? Why is that still bogus? Okay, here we go. This is why timesheets are terrible cost accountants. First off, your hourly rate includes profit. Now, cost accounting is not a profit forecasting tool. <laughs> it's a cost allocation tool. So to be true cost accounting, you would actually have to figure out an actual cost per hour, which means you have to go to your GL for an entire period, like say 12 months, and look at your total expenses, divide it by the number of hours that you build, and that would be your actual cost per hour. And that, so that's the first problem, Ed. They include profit. All right. So, so, what, what, so in order to combat that, what, someone might say, well, what I've done is I've taken the person's salary and then I've taken you know, 1.5 or 1.7 or 2 p- t- times that person's salary because that, that, that includes my, my fully, fully, quote, fully burdened employee. Right. And I've taken that number and I've divided that by 2080. Boom, Ron. I got it. No problem. That's the number now. It may or may not, but it should be since it's cost allocation, it should be based on actual costs in your GL or at least budgeted costs. Right. For the upcoming period. In in other words, right now, it's just arbitrary. I mean, most firms set their hourly rates based on what the competition's charging has nothing to do with their overhead structure. Right. Right. So that's the other thing. There's no relation to the firm's actual costs. Okay. Yeah. That's where I wanted yeah. to get to. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, yep, and yep. so, and, and the other thing, Ed, you're attempting to run a profit and loss on every hour or worse, every six minutes or 10 minute increment. <laughs> I mean, this is insane. It's like, it's like taking your blood pressure every three minutes. I mean, it's like a, your, your firm is an interdependent system. What matters is the effectiveness of the whole, like the health of your whole body not not the P&L or the efficiency of every organ or, you know, uh, if every vital sign in there. What matters is your health overall. The other thing about the timesheet, and this is an argument Paul Kennedy makes, is it doesn't account for the lifetime value of the customer. It puts all the emphasis on the math of the moment. 
and not the relationship. So if you hold a customer's hand, if you help them through a difficult spot, you're always billing them for it. <clears throat> and notice that that will that firms will spend an enormous amount of money to get a new customer, do all sorts of free things, meetings and reviews and this and that, proposals. But mm-hmm. once they become a customer, boy, they're billed for every minute we spend. Mm-hmm. And that's insane. Including- it is insane, including, by the way, and I, I think that this is this is actually a little bit more on the pricing side, but it, it does have to do with the the, the, the notion of, of the fact that your customers even know that you keep a timesheet, and, and and that is that they are a barrier to your customer calling you because, and I've heard this from a ton of professionals, we don't charge for a 15-minute call or less than 15-minute call or whatever, so they, you know they'll wipe that out. Now, first of all, they might not charge for it, but they do require that the person record it. So therefore, now now you're 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 throwing that 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 connection off again, right? It's from a cost uh, perspective. Yeah, but even even worse is it puts up that barrier, and your your customer when they call, they don't know if they've got a fifteen minute problem or a less than fifteen minute problem or a fifteen day problem. As a result, they just hope that whatever the situation is, oh, maybe it'll go away if we ignore it long enough. Yep. No, it's a barrier. It's a Berlin Wall to communication with your customers. Um, And and I just think that's awful. And, of course, the timesheet can't answer the most uh, most important question pricers have, which is how much money do we leave on the table? Right, because it doesn't. It just allocates costs. It doesn't. It doesn't do anything else. It doesn't think about value to the customer. It's silent with respect to that. So mm-hmm. it, it it sheds no light on our pricing efficaciousness. And of course, we've already destroyed the idea that time is value, but time isn't a cost either. A cost is what I pay you in salary. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not the time. Like you say, time is a constraint. Right. It's not a value or cost. And and Ed, I think this is a devastating argument against the timesheet. I think this is if we only said this, for me, it would drive a nail into it. The timesheet doesn't improve future performance. Sitting there and berating a, a knowledge worker, you, know, you 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 spent twice as long as on on that as we estimated, or what somebody lied last year, you know. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that doesn't show me what I need to do to get better. And I think this is where the after-action review comes in. So I just tell firms, look, if you took all the time that you, f- you spend filling out timesheets and you did after-action reviews, not only would you get a bigger bang for your buck on that, on that time invested, but you'd actually improve future performance of your knowledge workers and develop an invisible balance sheet, a knowledge bank, where you can leverage that intellectual capital over and over and over. And that... To me, that's a glaring gap in the timesheet is it doesn't improve future performance. Yep. And, and and nobody can tell you what a good hour or a bad hour is until retrospectively it's over, right? Absolutely. And, it, it, because, and, and that's the thing I think that is completely and totally unfair to team members who are under a structure of, of billing by the hour is that – the, what's the the judgment of a good hour or a bad hour is based on what, right? So say say you have a, a project you're working on, and there's a budget of ten hours to complete something, and then some you know schmoo face comes in there and bills the first eight hours of that project, but really doesn't get anything accomplished at all, right? Right. 
but but they, but because they got the first eight hours that were associated with it, you know th- th- that th- those are I don't know somehow legitimate because the budget was ten. But now the maybe the task is then passed over to the next person who you know now has to perhaps even redo the work that somebody else did, or 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 worse, undo the work that somebody else did. And now that person's going over budget, and they're the one that caused this project to go over budget because they're the ones who got the last two hours plus the next six that they were needed to actually get the thing done, right? Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, so two of their hours were good and six of them were bad. I mean, it, 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 it's just madness. And this can happen at any point in an engagement, at any point of the week, like Tuesday at 2 o'clock, that hour could be good, but Thursday at 4 o'clock for the same customer, that would be bad. I mean, it, it, when you really get put, start to, 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 uh, to hang stuff off of this, it really just deteriorates and makes no sense. No, it doesn't. And then to complicate this even further, you, you, you're allocating costs based on this constraint known as time. Right. And depending on what cost accounting method you use, Ed, you get radically different numbers. You, you can use standard costing, you can use activity-based costing, you can use lean accounting, throughput accounting. These all yield different cost estimates or cost allocations, I should say. So this is the old joke, you know, uh, you want a lower taxable profit, right? Because you're trying to minimize your taxes or you want to report a high net income because you're trying to get a bank loan. I mean, it's the old joke when they ask the accountant, what's two plus two? And so, well, what do you want it to be, right? right? <laughs> Dep- depending on what cost model you use, uh, you get different numbers and they're all sanctioned by gap. Every mm-hmm. one of them's fine. But, right. you know, it, it'd be like your GPS moving you every time it tried to figure out where you are. <laughs> I mean, there, there's a great law I ran across, Seagal's Law. I don't know if you've ever heard this. I never had. A man with a watch knows what time it is. A man with two watches is never sure. <laughs> I love that. That's brilliant. And, and that it explains the cost accounting problem because what it does is it's trying to allocate two different things and, and, and create relationships between things that actually don't exist. So, for instance, there's actual cost. You know, it's very interesting. What's a cost? Well, accountants right. have a very global view of a cost because it could be allocated things. But cost from a cash flow perspective is when we buy something, right? right? When we buy some type of input. But a non-cash cost could be an allocation like depreciation or, you know, something like that, some type of allocation. Well, those allocations don't necessarily affect cash. So one of the ways this is manifested is, you know, we if you look at non-cash cost allocation – it makes it look like it's cheaper to make 20 pens rather than, say, five, right? Because this is the economies of scale. There's more units to spread the fixed cost over. But we just know common sense that if you're going to make 20 pens, you're going to require more of everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How can it be cheaper? Right. <laughs> it, it, it is because of the non-cash allocations. So right. these things are completely arbitrary. They don't have anything to do with cash flow. And they, they bring up all sorts of bad practices. We have to force, we have to create a relationship and force a math relationship that don't exist. Like, for instance, another prosaic example, but every firm, you know, has toilet paper. How do I allocate the cost of that toilet paper to every single customer? Or worse, every six minutes spent on every customer. I mean, this starts to get insane, 
Because what you're really paying for with a lot of these costs, the cash cost, is your capacity, right? You're renting space maybe, which is irrespective of how many people that use it. You're going to pay the same amount, irregardless of whether you have one person in it or a hundred, and you're paying people a salary. That's that's the capacity. Well, that capacity you can allocate it any way you want, but it's non it's a non cash allocation. It's not going to affect cash. That cash has already been spent when you yep. bought it. Yep. Yep. Well, Ron, we are fired up on this show. I can tell we're like really that maybe that's why we didn't do this. Maybe it was just because it gets our blood pressure up too high. So nice. we'll have to that that may be why we we delayed this. But we're up against our, our next break. But we want to remind you that again, you can follow the show on Twitter at hashtag AskTSOE, and we do look at that during the show. So please tweet away. We're happy to talk with you and interact with you. And we do look at those tweets. Also, want to remind you, please. Please do review the show on iTunes. We've had several new reviews, and thank you so much for them. They are the the currency, if you will, of podcasting and radio shows. So we really love having your comments out there. And we want to remind you that it, for those of you who don't know, we do have a book out that is some of the, our best episodes put into a book form that you can take a look at, The Soul of Enterprise, available on Amazon. So please take a look at this. But right now we want to hear from our sponsor, Quanta CRM. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. We believe great companies can become even greater by challenging the status quo within their companies. The latest challenge to your status quo? The way people buy has changed. Buyers now control the majority of the front end of the sales process. Sellers must learn to facilitate a buying process, not conduct a sales process. Social buying signals are an opportunity for sales. Learn more. Go to quantacrm.com slash ABC to request a copy of the white paper. Always be closing a guide to the new art of social selling. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. All right. Well, welcome back, everybody. We're here doing Trashing the Timesheet. And Ed, I just wanted to finish up before we jump to uh, why timesheets are a lousy project management tool. The cost allocation of a timesheet, to think that you know, you're getting accurate information, 
this this is an enormous fallacy, and it's been documented in some very interesting ways. That uh, we've already talked about one of these books, uh, "Profit Beyond Measure" by H. Thomas Johnson, who, by the way, is an accounting professor, and he said. Um, a, a couple of really, really profound things about cost accounting in this book, and, and it was a study of why Toyota doesn't use it. He says, you can use accounting to describe a business's external condition, but it offers little insight into the particular inner relationships that determine those results, right? And because cost and profit are not objects, but are properties that emerge from those relationships, quantitative measures can only describe them. They can't explain them. And, and by the way, they can only describe them after the fact. You know, that's why accounting can't model cash or capacity or pricing. It can only record things in historical uh, in a historical way. But, but let me show you how this thinking of cost allocation manifests itself in the confusion between a cost that is non-cash and, you know, an allocated cost and a cost that is cash. A uh, great example of a hospital that said, you know, it cost us $7,000 per day to have patients here, right? So if collectively we could reduce patient stay collectively a thousand days over a given year, Ed, we'd save $7 million, well, now, when you, when you think about that, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> you wouldn't pay the nurses any less. You, your rent would still be the same. You'd still have all the equipment, janitors, right? Um, mm-hmm. it, it would not reduce. It, it's, a, it's an allocable cost, an allocated cost that you're reducing, not at a cash cost, Right, you probably wouldn't buy any less. Now, mm-hmm. if you could lay somebody off or you know make certain things redundant because of that reduction in number of patient days, then that would be one thing. But to to say that this is going to save seven million dollars, it'd be like if I told you and and Lean and Six Sigma are great at this. They come in and they say, Ed, we're going to make you ten percent more efficient. Well, does that mean Sage is going to cut your salary by ten percent? Right. Hope <laughs> not. <laughs> So you, you get into all sorts of false relationships with the math with this, and it doesn't work. It doesn't work from uh, – it fails logically and it fails mathematically to, to bring in these, these false relationships between costs and allocations. And that's one of the biggest problems. I actually think you're, you're better off not looking at cost accounting and just focus on yield, which, of course, is the pricing and the value. Right, right. Well, I mean, is it is that just a derivation run of the whole logical positivism of of business? Right, the whole, logical positivism, of course, being this notion that because there's numbers, is therefore scientific. Is that it, think, is, it, is that an application of that? I think it is, and I think it's also you know the the idea that we we've been steeped in this for years as a profession. It's it's it, it it's part of our identity, and we're going to guard it uh, way past its relevancy, way past mm-hmm. it. Yep. Totally agree. So, I, you know, and there's more to say on that, Ed, but I'll, I'll stop there because I think that's, that's a pretty good <laughs> summation of why it's a lousy cost accounting tool. You but, are in fuego, my friend. In yes. Fuego on this. Why um, is it a lousy project management tool? And I love, I love how you explain this. Well, it's, it's sim- simply because there, there are two ways in project management parlance of talking about time. One is duration and the other is effort. And if project management is, is more, mostly, overwhelmingly even, concerned with the concept of duration rather than it is effort, right? Now, I say that 
But yet, if you take formal project management classes, and I think that unfortunately, maybe you know the cost accountants have invaded, Ron. I think they have. Bet. They 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 go through. There's there's crazy math in in project management. You know, trying to calculate earned value and all this, and it really it, it w- almost I think would make your your head spin. Even talking about you know some of the cost allocation stuff. This is even worse, right? But in the end. A customer, or or someone who's getting a project, or just the the, the you know building a building, whatever. What they're more concerned with is, is it going to be done Thursday the fourteenth? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Right. I, I I don't I don't care necessarily what the efforts are. I just want to know if you're going to hit my deadline date. I want. Is it going to be done? So the you know the way that I often express is to say is it, you're better off thinking of, of time as a constraint rather than as a resource. There's not, you know, a shelf that you can go out and pull hours off of. And that that that's not that's not gonna the help. What we, we really need to know is is it gonna be done? Right? And uh, I, I think if you're gonna measure anything, I, I, what I would 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 rather see people do is measure the com- did, did a particular ca- task get done by a particular date. Yeah, that that is much more important. And if you want to then sum those things up, and I think I've talked about this on when we talked about issues lists and things like that, that that then you can get some kind of a metric that will give you the potential doneness of your project in a a more realistic picture. I don't think it's perfect. It's 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 certainly not perfect because there are there are things that you can do to doctor any number. Right. This gets to the you know the, the the stuff that we we talk about all the time, which is anytime you you decide on a particular measurement, putting a judgment on that measurement, well, you're going to affect what what the outcomes are going to be because you said that this is important. You've made a judgment. You're going to create but, a moral hazard. Yeah. You're gonna, yeah, you're going to create a moral hazard around it. But but I think it's but I think it's better than just you know me- measuring the effort because let's face it, if I especially in a professional firm, if I have a a 100 hour engagement. Right, and I've billed ninety hours. Well, does that mean I'm ninety percent done? <laughs> I've got yeah. no freaking clue, actually. <laughs> right? That's, a, that's just like it's a terrible measure of doneness of your project. It's it, it's an awful measure. And and as as you said, you know, using hours to measure the doneness of your projects is like using a smoke detector to measure the doneness of cookies. Right? It's yeah. it, it you beat only the alarm only goes off after it's too late. Yep. It's by definition, it's no longer manageable when it hits a timesheet. And you're usually looking at the timesheet a week or two after the event anyway. It's, we're back to those relationships, you know, that cause what happens <laughs> in the financials. Right, right. It's, re- it's completely retrospective. So, so the, now, not only that, but in many professions, and this is probably less so in accounting, but more so in things like IT, perhaps law, I, I think when I've talked to Tim Williams, he said this is sometimes it does affect our our friends over on the the, the marketing side and, and media as well. But you know, there's a sometimes a certain percent of any in engagement that where the customer is going to have to produce something, right? That, that's a maybe a work product for the professional to to finish off of, right? So the the, the, yeah. the but notice that uh, with most professionals, we don't we don't ask our customers to fill out a timesheet. What do we do? We we say, listen, we need this done Thursday. Yep. 
right? <laughs> it's an input to what we have to do. And we say to them, oftentimes, I don't necessarily care how long it takes you, but I need it Thursday, yeah. right? So it, so it just belies the fact that the, the opposite would be, why would the opposite be true? Right. Why, why would we need them internally if we don't impose it externally? Exactly. Yeah. We just care about due date. That's all we care about. Well, you know, I'm always interested with what keeps a professional up at night. Like, you know, what keeps a pricer up at night? How much money did I leave on the table? And when you said what keeps a project manager up at night is, is you know, why did this thing that we thought estimated would take about a day sit in the firm for four weeks? Right. <laughs> the duration, you know, the bottlenecks. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, the, you know, the, the neck is always at the top of the bottle, so you can always blame the partners or whatever. But, it, it, you know, that made enormous sense to me because that is indicative of where the problems are. That, the, the accounting ad tells you nothing about operations. Right. That's its big problem. It tells you nothing about the operations. You've got to understand what's going on on the ground at the coalface. And I think that's where the after-action reviews and, and better project management come in. Right. Right, right, and wasn't it our our late late uh, colleague Paul O'Byrne who said, "Can you imagine an accounting firm if if uh, your customers had a webcam that was always focused on where their file was?" Right, right, like FedEx, <laughs> you know your packages at all times. And they had talk about duration when we took the FedEx tour. I did it with Dan Morris, and you know they had the countdown monitors all throughout that sorting hub and each one is tracking you know a different country or a different city and it shows them exactly how long they have left to you know fill the plane and get it out get it in the air so it can hit its destination in time the whole thing is one big duration countdown it's quite amazing to watch oh i bet time sheets after the fact they're doing it man they're paying attention to it minute by minute mm-hmm Imagine if they had to fill out a timesheet. Up t- t- touch package XY four five six I think point two seconds. All right, good. Next. Well. <laughs> so okay, so we, we've knocked them out as a pricing uh, strategy. We've knocked them out as a cost accounting tool. They're they they're terrible at project management. The thing that's left, and what we always get is, but how would I know what my people are doing, or how would I know the efficiency of my people? Or Ed, I love this one. How would I know if employee A was more or less efficient than employee B? Right. Right. And well, I, I love that question because my first response is, well, who cares? <laughs> I, I, I want to know if they're effective. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. Was, was Einstein efficient? Was, was Einstein on budget? Who, who cares? Nope. Don't know. Don't really know. <laughs> Don't really know. Don't really care. Yeah, so that that will t- will take on that last measurement, which is that they measure the efficiency of people in the last segment. But again, we want to remind you that you can get a hold of us at asktsoe at verisage dot com, and the sh- the website show website is of course the soul of enterprise. We want to remind you that we also have live events out there. So if you would like to stop by and say hello to Ron or myself, depending upon where we are, and you happen to see that a live event is in your area, please do so. We would love to hear from you. But right now, we want to hear from our sponsor and my employer, Sage. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Four new employees. 
a 20% increase in revenue. Being one of the 9 million women business owners in the U.S. These are your proudest numbers, your landmarks of growth and success. Sage helps you achieve business milestones with cloud and software solutions that lead to deeper financial insights. Believe in your numbers. See what Sage can do for your business. Visit believeinyournumbers.com today. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Well, welcome back, everybody. We're here doing Trashing the Timesheet. And, Ed, we've kind of destroyed the first three defenses of timesheets. They're a pricing tool, they're a cost accounting tool, and they're a project management tool. Now let's deal with we need them for the efficiency to judge or measure the efficiency of our people. What do you say to this? Hogwash. <laughs> Horse hockey. <laughs> we need we need uh, we need all the Colonel Potterisms for this one. The fake cursing that uh, he did on Matt. This is just the biggest bunch of garbage there that there that, that there is. That we we need to measure the efficiency of our people or know who our good people and bad people are. And I have often asked people if I took away your utilization reports, would you know who your good consultants are, who your good professionals are? And very few people. There are some, uh. but there are very few people. And I think they're just being being obstinate who who would say oh yeah i wouldn't know who they are and i'd say look most of the time your your timesheet data is used retrospectively to nail somebody after you've decided that you don't want them around anymore right right? they're underperforming or have a bad attitude yeah underperforming or and this see this is why it's completely unfair they're underperforming what does that mean they're not billing enough hours or are they billing too many hours see either way you're screwed Right. <laughs> Either way, I can use it against you. Yo, yep. no, you bill too many hours. No, no, right. no, you bill too few. <laughs> yep. What? Taking you too long to do things. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's insane. And, and um, you know, I, it, it's kind of like the example we give about the two surgeons. One's got a 75% mortality rate. One's got a 35% mortality rate. Which one will you choose? And if you don't think about it, you jump to the, you know, the, the lower mortality rate. But wouldn't you want to know more? It's the same thing here. If I've got employee A who looks twice as efficient on a timesheet doing everything, does twice as many returns or cases or whatever, but that tells me nothing about the other characteristics of being a professional what's their attitude what's their customer service do they mentor do they get along with their uh, colleagues and and what do the customers say about them and what's their listening skills and their communication skills you know their bedside manner the timesheet is irrelevant with respect to all of those judgments and yet it's those judgments 
that determine the success of a knowledge worker. Amen. And and this is where I'd like to loop in some of the stuff that we we talked about with uh, Jody Thompson. What two almost two years ago on the show on Row, and I've ever since encountering their book and studying it even further and even having the pleasure of, 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 of co-presenting with her on a couple of things. I love this mantra, manage the work, not the people. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And what does she say? No work, no job. No work, no job. <laughs> I can't do it in the Minnesota accent. But <laughs> no work, no job. Apologies, Jody, but you have a great Minnesota accent. But... Um, but it's but it's so true, right? It's it if you don't produce and by no work we don't mean no effort, we mean no results, right? Yes. We mean we mean me- measure measuring what are the results that we want to achieve, right? And row is is results only work environment. What are the outputs or better even outcomes that a professional is supposed to achieve? And we 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 target those things as the judgments that will make us to whether or not we have a good or, or bad employee. And then just one more point on the AB employee, you know, one's half, half as efficient as another one. But what if the one that's less efficient lo- is loved by your customers? Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like a Ritz Carlton where you're just giving that personal extra touch, you're chatting with them, you're showing them where things are. I mean, I'll take an inefficient worker who my customers love, I can price for their inefficiency. I can't price for somebody's unprofessionalism or bad attitude or surliness, but I can price for inefficiency. I can't price for rotten customer service. <laughs> well, no. Yeah, you really can't because you, you, you would, even if you priced it higher, they would leave anyway, right? I mean, well, I guess you could price it lower. No, that wouldn't work. See, there's no way out of that one. And, and there's another thing, Ed, and you talk about this a lot. Uh, you know, we spend a lot of money trying to understand and manage numbers that aren't, that aren't costs. <laughs> you know, like these allocable costs and everything, like the hospital example, saving $7 million. But, you know, there's no such thing as a free statistic. And the time and billing program is the number one customer in most firms. And, you know, I've seen studies as anywhere from 10 to 30% of gross revenue goes to feeding this beast. Yep. And my question is, what's the ROI? Does it make us better pricers? Does it improve future performance? Does it motivate anybody? You know, no. The answers to all of these things are no. There are right. better systems Actually, in place. The answers to all of them are hell no. It's not yeah. even just no. Yeah. And it just amazes me that people think that we haven't evolved our thinking behind this 120 some odd year old practice of measuring everybody's six minute increment, which was never done in a knowledge environment to begin with. It was done in factories by a complete mm-hmm. fraud by Nip Frederick Winslow Taylor, you know. But yep. one, one thing, Ed, we, I ran across this blog post by a firm. And this was this was written by their COO, and it was it was called the End of Timesheets: A Look Back at the Last Two Years. And this is a top two hundred firm. And he said, looking back at billable hours or utilization statistics doesn't tell you how you are doing for your customers. It just tells you how busy your people are, or how busy they say they are. <laughs> it doesn't tell you if you are getting better at pricing. It doesn't tell you if the hours that people are putting in are valuable to the customer. Here's what matters, and I love this. This is so simple. Is the work product good? Did we do what we set out to do? Is the customer happy? What can we improve upon next time? Timesheets won't help you with any of that. 
They won't help you with the relationships. You know, this is a, uh, professionals or relationship businesses, and you can't build and, or strengthen relationships by staring at clocks. You have to, just like with your kids, you have to make quality investment time, right, to build that relationship and be there for them. And you can't do that if you're worried about every minute on a clock. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. Okay, stepping well, down gently off my soapbox, but. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, and look, here, here, here's the deal. I, I, and I was just thinking this as you're talking. We've got about two minutes before we're done here. But I, I don't know if, if, if this is, you know, 45 plus minutes you know, take out, taking out the commercials, just completely destroying these arguments. But quite honestly, the people who are so convinced by, by them and that we need them for all of this stuff, I, I don't think we can move the needle on it. Okay. I, I, my, my hope is that what this show does is it just takes those of you who are thinking about this and those of you who ha- have thought about this and just helps you solidify your thinking and that you're like, you're, okay, I, I know I'm right now. I know, I know I'm right now. Yep. You know, Ed Melton Friedman used to say anybody who can be convinced in the night to change their mind probably isn't worth <laughs> <laughs> Probably isn't worth the effort. Um, my litmus test on this, though, is when we get when we see a big four do it, because that's where it's most entrenched. And then I'll know that this thing is starting to tip when we see a big four, not even a top ten, a big four, because they have doubled down and tripled down on these things in the last ten years with better technology. Now you can do timesheets and showers on your mobile device, and the car can even track you. And um, it, it's just because the, the thinking is wrong, the paradigm is wrong, the theory is wrong. Yeah, and and that, and that saddens me because I think it, it did, and don't they these these uh, big four don't don't some of them even have pricing arms? <laughs> they do. They have pricing consulting, you know, in their consulting <laughs> arms. But boy, when it comes to their own stuff, uh, they you know they own their own dog food. That's for sure. I wonder if the pricing arms bill by the hour. <laughs> uh, they do, and they fill out timesheets. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so therefore you should not hire them. I mean, just yes. just based on that alone. Sorry. I would take pricing advice from somebody who has to do a timesheet. I'm sorry. I just uh, I have I have Ouch. issues with that. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> well, this is great. I'm finally. I, I'm glad we finally did this. Now we have something to refer back to, and folks, we'll put a little bit more in the show notes on these four arguments and uh, or our four defenses and our arguments against them. But uh, thanks, Ed. This has been great. All right. Awesome. Well, I'll see you in 167 hours. All right. This has been the Soul of Enterprise, Business in the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by Sage, energizing the success of businesses and communities around the world through the imagination of our people and smart technology. Join us next week on Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. In the meantime, please visit our website at www.thesoulofenterprise.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 